You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun together. I am feeling some kind of way about recording this episode for you guys right now. This has been a topic that has been swirling in my brain for, I don't know, two, three, four weeks. And I am only now just getting to the point that I can sit down and record it because I've had other pressing things that have been going on. But what I'm feeling is a sense of sadness, but it's more a sense of compassion and a open heart that, that our children need something from us that sometimes we don't even know. And it makes me sad because I just am a huge advocate for children because they are the innocence in the world. They do not have fully formed brains. They are little sponges of information. They take in all the good. They take in all the bad and everything in between. And in their little brains that have not fully formed yet, they're trying to process through feelings and things that are happening to them, but oftentimes they don't have the words to express it. So in this episode today, I hope to shed some light on an area that you may not know is even a thing. Because I know as parents, our kids don't come with manuals. Not only do they not come with manuals, we ourselves are on a spiritual journey where we're forever growing and evolving and changing. And if I think about the parent that my two older kids got, I'm quite a different person than when my youngest was born. There's a 10 and 12 year age gap between my first two and my youngest. And it's just fascinating to me as I go through this journey to see how much I have changed and grown and morphed, but I don't hold myself hostage or beat myself up for any of the mistakes that I'm sure I made with my first two and how I may be doing things differently now for my last one because I did the very best I could at that time. So I want you all to just take a deep breath before you listen to this and know that this episode is not about pointing fingers at you, saying you've made a mistake, you did it wrong. Sinking into the shame trap never does any of us any good. It makes us feel bad. And when we feel bad about ourselves or we think there's something wrong with us, because that's what shame is. Guilt means we did something wrong. Shame is we are something wrong. Or we did something bad and shame is that we are something bad. When we sink into that shame trap, we don't show up as an effective parent. So I'm hoping that you guys can take a really deep breath, open your heart, and just take in this information. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I know this now because I didn't know this before. Not a day ago, not a week ago, not five years ago, maybe even longer. Maybe it's something your kids are grown now. And you're trying to look back and you're wondering why the relationship you have with them now is not what you would like it to be. For whatever reason that you are listening to this episode, just know I'm with you, I understand, and my heart is open and compassionate for you and any experiences, mistakes you might have made, or 
epiphanies or awakenings or maybe even pats on the back where you're like, you know, I, I did that. I did those things. I made a list of four things that our kids need us to know but don't necessarily know how to tell us. So let's jump right in. I'm going to start with number one, which is our children need us to let them be exactly who they are. Many parents try to form their children into little mini versions of themselves or into something completely different than who they truly are. In one family, there was a mother and a father and a daughter, and all three of them were very intellectual. They were homebodies. They liked to read a lot, but the youngest child was a boy, and this boy had tremendous amounts of energy, was extroverted, wanted to go and do things and explore things, and the family was having trouble with him because they thought there was something wrong with him. Look at the three of us. We all like to read and be quiet and spend alone time. And then there's you. You must have ADD. You must be bipolar. You must have some kind of problem. When in truth, what they found out later through some coaching was that he had a different personality style than they did. He was an adventurer. They were intellectuals, but that's not what inspired and motivated him. To sit him down and make him read a book was like poking needles in his arm. It's not something that he wanted to do, that he was inspired to do, that was exciting for him to do. You can also think of another situation where, let's say, the parents never played music. They had different, maybe they were sporty. They loved sports, but then they have a child that just wants to focus on music. They just love music and it's all about the music. And the parents are like, you have to be on the baseball team. You have to be on the volleyball team. You have to do this. You have to do a sport. Well, that kid is not going to excel in that sport if it's something that is not passionate to them. It's something that's not inspiring and exciting to them. Or a parent might say, you have to learn to play an instrument. I've seen that situation too. They're forcing the kid to play the instrument and the kid's kicking and screaming and dragging the violin case along the ground as they're headed to the next class where they have to learn this instrument when that's not exciting for them. Or maybe you are a serious parent and your kid is very comical. Or maybe it's the opposite. Kids want to be seen. We all want to be seen and honored for exactly who we are. Let's take my first two oldest children. When my eldest is a girl, and when she was 18 months old, my husband at the time had purchased a just a little small plastic quad that was run by a battery. My child, Sydney, got on that and just started writing. She was 18 months old. And she was going up on curbs and romping down the square curb. I mean, I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe this kid is doing this. Either she has no fear or she doesn't know. But that's how she was. And her personality is that. She jumps right in. She's still that way to this day. Where my son 
is more quiet and reflective. Now, being the boy, you would think he would jump on the motorized quad and want to rip all over the place. When he turned 18 months, I was like, okay, let's go. He was like, nope. He got on it. He pushed a little button. It moved a foot and he got off. He was like, nope, not doing it. For some parents, people could see that and be like, oh, what's wrong with you? You're being a wimpy. You're being a this. You're being a that. Your sister did it. That was not his personality. He is slow to warm. He is someone that contemplates things. Brody is a deep thinker. He wants to think about things. He puts his toe in the pool first and tests the water, where Sydney jumps right in and goes, wee. Neither one of those things is correct or right. By honoring that that's how my son was and not pushing him, and this is just one example, but he had later told me in life in, I don't know, it was in a some type of holiday card or something. He said, thank you for letting us be us. Oh, this tears me up. I think, <laughs> oh my God. Whew. I think, let me just take a second here. I'm going to pause. This is what I was talking about, about being really emotional about this topic. Now, what ended up happening is Brody ended up learning to ride a quad. His father's ridden motor vehicles for a very long time, and he's a bomb-ass quad rider now. I mean, he stays up with what they call the big boys, which is the adults. He can almost outride his dad, who is an amazing, amazing... In fact, I think the last time he said they went to the sand dunes that he did outride his dad. So Brody ended up doing it and becoming great at what he did, but it took a minute for him to get there because that's not how he did it. Now, my youngest child wants nothing to do with motorized vehicles. None whatsoever. She is an uber creative. She is all into art. She's a drawer. She's a painter. She does all kinds of other creative venues. Now, my my daughter, my eldest, is two, but she also likes the aspect of motorized vehicles. My youngest also is a self-proclaimed, she's 15 now, city girl where she wants to live in a big city. She wants to experience living in a loft apartment. Now that may change, but at this point, I don't tell her all the negatives about it. I talk to her about the pros and cons of that and just in conversation. But at some point she had said to me, mom, stop trying to talk me out of this. And I had to check myself because I said, okay, I'm not trying to talk you out of this. I'm just telling you because you know you don't have experience this yet, but if that's what you want to do, my child then that's what you do. That's what you aim for. So number one is really about truly honoring who they are. It's about paying attention to their likes and dislikes, but also honoring their personality. Are they more quiet? Are they more talkative? Are they shy? Are, you know, we can encourage them to be a little bit outgoing, you know, saying hello to people, looking people in the eye and things like that, that are healthy and good skills to learn and turn our children into high functioning adults. However, it's about not demeaning them or trying to make them into another sibling or into ourselves. It's also about not making them be an adult when they're not an adult, which is a great segue into number two, which is to validate their experience and feelings in regards to their problems and situations instead of trying to fix them. Now, I'm so guilty of this. I am, especially I'm a coach and I see things so clearly and I'm super intuitive and I have to slow myself down when it comes to my, my children telling me stories 
about what is happening in their lives because I want to offer a bit of wisdom and I want to share with them, hey, this is what that means, this is what that means. But at one point, my youngest said to me, I feel like you're making this my fault. And I was like, wow, that's super interesting that that was her interpretation. So I said, oh gosh, no, not my intention at all. And at some point, I don't know how she worded it, but basically I just need you to listen, mom. So I said, okay, I need to take off my coach hat, my wisdom hat. She just needs to be validated that she's hurt or that she's sad or that she's scared and not try to fix this for her. I know you guys, we hate to see our children suffering. We hate to see them in pain. But I will tell you this with the utmost of certainty. When we sit in that presence with them and we say we understand, I know that feeling. I can I understand that you feel this way. Yes, that would hurt me too. Yes, that's painful. Sometimes all we want as a human being is just for someone to tell us that we're, they're correct, that that does suck, that that was a terrible feeling or that they were done wrong. I remember this with my mom, and my mom was an amazing, amazing person. She was so incredibly loving. But I would tell her something that my brother would do or somebody would do, and she would try to, it was almost, to me, it felt like she was excusing their behavior. She'd be like, oh, well, he was having a bad day or something. She would somehow, it was the same thing I was doing with my daughter, was trying to help her to see a different perspective. To me, it felt like she was discounting what I was saying and excusing it, excusing this thing that was obviously blatantly crappy that my brother or somebody else did by trying to cut to the wisdom of it. Now, had she led with that's really not okay. I understand. That's crappy and validated the way I felt and then maybe led into that later. That might have been better. I don't know. I'm not that age anymore. However, I know as an adult that works for me if someone validates me and then says, you know, do you want help with this? And if I say, yeah, and then they're like, well, you know, what about this perspective? Sometimes people just want us to understand what they're going through. Which leads me to point number three, which is our children need our time and attention. Now, they may be saying this to you. They may not be. They may be hinting it to you. They may be saying things to you like, you're always busy or you never have time for me. Or they're just holding up in their room, not saying a word. I recently watched a TikTok video where the mom was standing outside the bedroom of her teen's door. And I I forgot the song that was on. And she was like basically petting at the door and putting her ear to it and sitting outside of it like, like, I I want to be with you, but you've shut me out, blah, blah, blah. But I really want to be with you. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get emotional again, you guys. (sighs) Okay. Deep breath. A girl commented on this video and she said, She goes, sometimes I am so lonely. This is the teenager talking. She said, I'm X amount of age. I forgot, 15, 16. She said, sometimes I am so lonely and don't know how to tell her I need her. So posting this video tells me that I can do that because our moms want to be with us too. 
Okay, I warned you guys I'm emotional about this topic. Wow, I didn't think it would be like this. Okay, so what I'm saying is that they need our time and attention. Being that I work at home in my office and my daughter right now, my youngest, my two oldest are out of the house, but my daughter, my youngest, is doing the online school and whatnot. So I'm here, but I'm in work mode. So I'm bustling about. I'm always in work mode, even if I go downstairs and get a glass of water. And she'll try to talk to me between classes or something. And I'm like, yeah, honey, I, I got to go. I have a call or have this. And then she just kind of, okay. And then sometimes she would walk into my office, let's say when I'm in the midst of something. And a lot of times, you you know, we're at offices or we're at a place of business. We're not all working from home. And they can't really do that. They can call us or text us, but they can't like show up in the door. I was always very, very careful to say to her, let me finish what I'm doing. And then I will address this with you or get back to you on this, okay? As long as I found out it wasn't an emergency or anything. And she would get kind of mad and slam the door a little bit or, you know, be a little pissy about it. Finally, at one point it came out and she said, you don't have time for me. Now, that was a weird thing for me. Well, this is kind of going into the next one. But, okay, I'm going to finish this point anyway. She said, you don't have time for me. And I said, no, I do have time for you, honey. I'm working. And I explained it to her and I always did go back to her. But in her little heart, she was taking that as rejection and that she didn't matter. Now, we sat down and had a conversation about it, and I explained to her that, you know, I'm in work mode right now, and I can't just stop every five minutes because I it takes me out of my inspiration, out of my presence. A lot of what I do is really fully immersed in inspiration. I, I'm in a zone, so it's hard to step out of it. And for those of you who have creative careers, you get what I'm saying. You, it, there's just a zone. And when you're in that zone, maybe not even, maybe any kind of work. If, even if you're an intellectual or you're a, let's say an accountant, you might get into a zone. But you know what I'm saying? If you keep getting stopped, it's kind of hard to get back into that zone. And we had a conversation about it and we worked it out. But I was always sure to go back to her afterwards and to let her know that I was interested in what she was saying and, and sit down with her. So also, I noticed that, you know, she spends a lot of time in her room. This is what a lot of kids are doing right now, especially with COVID. They're doing a lot of technology, and they're talking to their friends. And my husband and I are watching Netflix. I think we've watched all of Netflix by now. And, uh, you know, but I'm always available. If she comes downstairs and stands in the room, I pause, stop, and listen. I will wait and talk it out as long as whatever it is that she needs because I want to be available for her right now. Now, this does not mean that she gets to interrupt me constantly or, you know, she doesn't get to be rude, but we've talked about it and we've worked it out so that she understands I am here for you, whatever you need. Just yesterday, she was going through a situation with a friend. She was telling me about it between classes. She was, no, I'm, oh, well, let me back up. It was, happened at bedtime. And she was like, I'm, you know, she was crying and her friend had hurt her feelings and whatnot. She, and she said, but I don't want to talk about this right now. I said, okay. Honored her. I went to bed the next day. She was in sitting in her class and she was between classes and she started telling me the whole thing. I was in a rush. I had to go, but I listened as much as I could. And I said, babe, I want to hear this, but I have to go do X because, you know, I just had time constraints. And she said, okay. And we went to lunch today and she said, I don't want to talk about that situation that happened because it's just going to make me upset. I said, okay. So we were silent because sometimes it's just a matter of being with each other. We were silent. We went to lunch. 
I asked her how she's doing. I said, well, since you don't have anything to say, let me share with you this fun, cool thing that's happening. And I shared with her about this awesome experience that I had. And next thing you know, she started opening up about that friend again. And now it was in a calmer scenario. You see what I'm saying? It's just taking the time, just factoring through, feeling what they need. They got stuff going on, my friends. They got stuff going on. And I want to be sure to add that if you as a parent have gone through something traumatic, like a divorce or an illness or a betrayal or some type of abuse or trauma, I don't, whatever it might be, and your kids were present during this time, chances are they saw something, they heard something, they felt something. And you might think it's only you because it's directly related to you, but your kids were present for this. We, no matter how much we try to hide things from them, we can't hide everything and they're going to feel some kind of way about it. So it's important to check in with them and say, how are you feeling? Let's say you got a divorce and you moved into a new home. And when your kid's at your house, sit down with them and say, how are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about your other parent? How are you feeling at their house? How are you? What are your feelings? Talk to them. Provide a safe space. And if they don't share with you right away, it could be that they're just not used to sharing with you, that they don't know that they can really share with you. It could be that they're not in touch with their emotions around it. They just don't really know what's happening, but keep trying. Keep trying. What the message you are giving them is that they matter. Whatever you do, try not to discount their feelings. It's just their feelings. That's all it is. Doesn't mean they're right or they're wrong. I remember my kids. Well, this is going to segue perfectly into number four, which is listen to what they have to say about you. Now, this can be a tough one for people because when your child or anybody really is trying to tell you about how they feel about your behavior, oftentimes the first thing that happens is we get super defensive. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. In this type of situation, I want you to be willing to sit there, quiet your heart, quiet your mind, open up. Kick back in a chair. If you feel yourself getting defensive, say, my child is just sharing their heart, their feelings right now. This may or may not be accurate, but I'm going to hear him or her out. And when they share what it is that they feel about you, be willing to own. Own it if it's true. Yes, you're right. I was in a bad mood yesterday. And I did get upset. Or you know what? You're right. I have not been myself the past three months. I've been going through this situation. It's been really tough. I did not realize that you were feeling this. That is not at all what I want you to feel. You are my highest priority. I love you more than anything on this planet. My goal is never to hurt you. You see what I'm saying? But it can also be true that they interpret you in a way that's not true based on their own stuff that's going on. One of my children had some trauma in their past where it was actually my youngest with the abandonment of her father. 
And that is, I call that the scarlet letter of abandonment, which means that's a really, really tough thing for a kid because they personalize that. And she saw herself as not mattering. And she had another word for it. It's not disgrace, but um, I can't remember the exact word that she used. But one day when I was correcting her about, I don't know, doing her homework or, you know, you need to get this done. It was parenting, essentially. This is your next step. This is your priority before you go do X, Y, Z. I don't, I don't remember the exact story, to be completely honest, and I don't want to try to take the time to remember it right now, but there was something going on. She got really upset with me, and she said something like, I f- you, you think I'm the disgrace of this family or something like that. And I did not take that personally. I thought, wow, that's, that's her projection. That's how she feels based on these other things that have happened. And I said, whoa, 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 let's talk. She was really emotional at that time, so I waited till she calmed down. And we do whatever we need to do. I always try to touch. If a lot of times I get the hand smacked away, don't touch me because she's a teenager and this is the mood and that's okay. And I said, okay, honey, that is the absolute opposite of how I feel about you. And I explained to her in all the ways I feel that about her. I said, do you see that, that I feel that way about you? And as... Her brain got clearer. She knew that what I was saying was true. That was something inside of her that needed to get airtime. It needed the sunlight. It needed God's light. So when she expressed that to me, I didn't go, oh my God, I can't believe you think like that. You're crazy. That's ridiculous. Go to your room. I was like, okay, glimpse into her heart right now. And I stopped and I addressed it. And then later, if you feel, you can address it again with them. You know, I really do love you. I'm so proud of you. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to add a little side note here. It's not one of the numbers, but telling them we're proud of them. Man, I know that I needed that. I knew I was loved, but I didn't really feel like my parents were proud of me. I, I mean, I know later in life, I did. Like my mom would say that to me a lot later in life. Think my dad ever did though. I do feel like he was proud of me, but I don't think he, he really ever said it. But that is one of the main things that we are looking for as children when we look at our parents. We are looking for their parents, our parents to be proud of us, to like who we are, to say, you are amazing no matter what. Yeah, you might be getting a D in Spanish right now, but you're still amazing. Let's work on that because I know you. I know how smart you are. You can do this. You see what I'm saying? There's so much of a different feel than that. It's kind of in dating, in relationships, it's really important in all relationships that we don't always talk about the negative and what's wrong and what they're doing wrong. It's equally important that we tell them what they're doing right. Even if they're being not on their best selves at a certain time. Find those things that they are doing right. Find it. I don't care how small it is and you point it out. I call this equal love to discipline. When we can tell a person how awesome they are, we counteract it. It's not as negative or defeating or it feels attacking when we do say something that they need to improve or 
a way, and I'm talking in all relationships right now, not necessarily kids, but I'm going to get back to that. It's equal love to discipline. It's equal love to consequence. It's equal good to bad so that it's not quite as gnarly. I have seen kids grow up to be incredibly successful and have amazing relationships with their parents where their father was very hard on them and required them to do certain things and be successful in certain areas. But so much love and kisses and hugs that no matter how firm that parent was, that kid never questioned the love of that parent. You see what I'm saying? But if you're just firm, 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 laying down rules, dictating, telling them what they have to do, correcting their wrongs, there's no balance. There's no balance in it. And they're going to feel like you don't like them, you don't approve of them, there's something wrong with them. Balance it with love. Always balance it with love. So to recap, to (laughs) recap, I'm not even going to edit that out because that's funny. To recap, number one is to let them be them. It's to honor them for their uniqueness and individuality, what makes them who they are. Number two is to validate their feelings in regard to their experiences and problems instead of trying to fix all the time. They are human beings. They have feelings. They just want to be validated. We all want to be validated. The third is that they need your time and attention. I know you're busy. And and shout out to all you single parents because I've been there where you're just spread really super thin. I understand. Make time somehow. Even it's that five minutes at bedtime that you lay with them. Even if you have several kids going, this is my time with Sam. This is my time with Nellie. This is my time with Junior. Take those times and then they will start to honor your time with those other children because they know their time is coming up. Do you see what I'm saying? Fourth one is to listen to what they have to say about you, whether it's true or whether it's not. Release the need to be defensive. You're listening to this episode right now because you love your kids more than anything on the planet. You would take a bullet for them. That's why you're here because parents aren't going to be listening to this that don't really care. So with that being said, take it a step further Turn your love for them into being completely open-hearted when it comes to what they have to say about you too. My kids have said things all throughout my experience with them. Some of the things I was like, oh yeah, I can see. I remember one saying, you get mad at her and then you're snapping at me too. You're right. I do that. I get so frustrated with one child that I'm snapping at the other one too. I can see that. All right, going to work on that. I'm sorry. Oh, and I just have to add this one more thing. Add, I'm sorry, please forgive me, into your language. I read that so many years ago and I thought, oh, we're supposed to apologize to our kids? For some reason, I didn't even think that was a thing. I remember the first time I did it. And I apologized to one, I don't know who, one of the kids. I said, I'm sorry for X, Y, Z. And it heartfelt. It wasn't just like, I'm sorry. I actually said it really heartfelt. And that child's eyes softened. And they go, it's okay, mama. They just needed to know that I owned it. Ownership is one of the best ways to connect two individuals together. 
Because that means I value you so much that I am going to own this behavior so that we can have an even better relationship. All right, you guys, I hope you got a lot from this today. As you know, this was a very emotional episode for me because I feel so much for kids and I really am an advocate for them, but I'm also an advocate for you, the parents that really want to do it right, the parents that are like, I don't even know what to do with this kid right now. I've tried everything that I possibly can think of and nothing's working. I hope these four areas can really help you to see a different perspective and to bring new techniques and tools into your parenting. You know, I'm a work in progress too. I'm constantly learning. But these are four things that I know for sure based on 26 years of experience of parenting and trying all kinds of things. These are what have hands down worked no matter what. Heal yourself. Be a better version of yourself. Take ownership. Be an amazing listener. Validate and tell your kids you love them often. Hug them, kiss them, tell them how great they are and how proud you are of them. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And if you need help in this area or any other areas in your relationships, I am here to coach with. You can contact me on my website, kristenbrown.org. I have a coaching tab. Or you can contact me via the Contact Me page and send me an email, okay? Cheers to awesome parenting and raising high-functioning adults. Much love, everyone.